listening to another episode of the Beulah Girl podcast. For links, related resources, and even more encouragement, visit BeulahGirl.com. Hi, friend. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Beulah Girl podcast. I'm Carol Whitaker, your host, and I'm here with Susie Lawley, my co-host. We have been going through this month a series on depression, and we are going to conclude our series on depression with a very serious uh, topic, and that is suicide, when suicide seems like the answer. In episode one, Susie shared her testimony of a dark period in her life where she felt depressed and she had a habit of sin that was going on in her life that she was struggling through, and it was causing her to turn inward and have thoughts of self-hatred. But those thoughts eventually became suicidal. And so we heard from her a little bit about her story in episode one of the podcast, which I encourage you to listen to uh, the first episode in the series if you haven't listened to it yet. But she's going to be continuing a little bit more on in that discussion and talking about where depression unfortunately often leads. And that is thoughts of harm to oneself, thoughts of suicide. And I just want to say before we turn to Susie, if you are listening to this right now and you are that person that you are having thoughts of harm or something, I'm going to mention this once more before the podcast is over. But we do not want you to be alone. We do not want you to try to go through this struggle by yourself. There are national um, prevention, suicide prevention hotlines. They are totally free. You can call it anytime, 24-7. And one that I'm going to just mention to you, if you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, 1-800-273-TALK. Again, that's 1-800-273-TALK. It is free. It's 24-7. You can call it anytime. But we want you to know, if you've tuned in because you feel like you need help, that that's something that you can call right away. And we urge you to do that. And... I will also list some more information just at the bottom of this uh, podcast, just in the comments section. And also, if you tune, you go over to BeulahGirl.com, where we've also posted these podcasts. I'll have that information there if you need it. Susie, let's go ahead and turn to you. You detailed your story in a previous post, but let's talk a little bit more about how this depression led to some very dark suicidal thoughts. And I'm happy to be sharing this, not because it was a good topic, but if I can help somebody not do what I felt like doing, you know, I will feel like that this whole journey has been worth it. So I talked about in episode one of this series about, you know, how my depression started. You can go back and listen to that. But I want to talk more about my symptoms here. And, um, you know, I call them symptoms because I feel like if I had ever lowered my pride enough to go to the doctor that I would have been diagnosed with clinical depression. When I, when you have depression that persists over and over and over for a long period of time, I really feel like that falls into the clinical category. And so some of my symptoms were these, um, you know, I had a boyfriend at the time and I would have these wild emotional outbursts. You know, when you expect a person to do for you what only God can do for you, you are going to be really disappointed on many occasions. And that's not just when you're dating somebody. You know, you could be married to the love of your life, and I am, but there's something that only God can do for me. And so when he could not change me, meet my need, do what I thought I needed him to do at that time, I was very manipulative. I had these emotional outbursts that were orchestrated, maybe subconsciously, maybe consciously, to make him feel sorry for me, make him 
try to fix me when that was really not his place. You know, I mentioned this earlier. I, I cried myself to sleep every night. I mean, every night I went to bed crying. And, um, you know, constantly running words of self-hatred through my head, you know, out in public. Obviously, I wasn't saying those out loud, but, you know, just like I mentioned in an earlier post in the grocery store, just, you know, constantly I hate myself, I hate myself. And, and I so vividly remember that. I remember beyond that, you know, beginning a little bit of self-harm. I remember one night sitting in the car just banging my head on the steering wheel, you know, um, not enough to hurt myself. I didn't, you know, but just the fact that I would even do that, it seems like at this point I'm looking at a person that is no longer me. It was, it was such an odd time for me. And then, um, so many nights visualizing, okay, what would happen if I just took this car and ran it off the road right now? And, um, you know, and, you know, calling, you know, calling a friend, I have two sweet friends that I, you know, mentioned earlier and I'll talk about again in a minute, but, you know, calling a friend and saying, Hey, I'm thinking about killing myself. And thankfully she would say, come over and spend the night. She would make me a pallet on the floor and some sweet tea and was such a good friend to me. But, um, you know, all of those symptoms that had stemmed from, you know, had kind of spiraled out of control from this journey of depression that I was on. Right. You mentioned that, again, you had some symptoms here that were, it was obvious that you were having suicidal thoughts and that you were having thoughts of harm. Let's talk a little bit about how you overcame that point in your life and how you were able to put a stop to these things that you were doing. You were talking about banging your head on the steering wheel, visualizing running yourself off the road. How did you say, okay, how did you pull yourself out of this period? That's a really good question, and I'm sure everybody would approach this differently. Um, the point is we really can't pull ourselves out. We have to have some help. And so um, I mentioned Bonnie Gray in an earlier post because something she wrote in her book and it was called finding spiritual white space she talks about recovering from ptsd and um one of the things that stood out to me so much in the book was that she made a list of people and she said i'm going to find someone who can be there for me she made a physical list on a piece of paper of all the people she could possibly call that may or may not be there for her and so as she you know started you know doing that walking through the list she said you know she went through one or two names that were just like ah you know didn't really they acted like she was crazy and that's definitely not if you're having suicidal thoughts you need to find people who don't think you're crazy you need to find people who think hey this is a problem my friend is going through um but she went down the list until she could find somebody that would listen to her and she ended up having an older lady i think she was her sunday school teacher or something that came alongside her and helped her recover and the reason we need that is because in proverbs there's a couple of scriptures there Proverbs twenty eight twenty six says, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. So if we walk wisely, we're walking with people, we can be delivered. Um, and then in Proverbs eleven fourteen, where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So finding someone to listen should not be an option. If you are someone who is, you know, dealing with suicidal thoughts yourself or is trying to find this resource for somebody then it's very important that um, even if you have to pay for help, that you get somebody that can listen to you and help can help you. The most dangerous thing you can do is let this train of thoughts just run through your own head where no one else can see them, help you with them, access them. But if you can get those thoughts out in the open, in a lot of ways, they really do lose their power. 
The second thing I want to talk about is not being silent. So that kind of relates, but um, my two sweet friends, I don't want to call their names on here, but, you know, those two friends, I thought so many times and I said to them out loud, I'm boring you, I'm annoying you, I'm repeating myself. I don't care. I have a friend who's going through depression right now, and I told her, I said, you do not quit talking. If you have to, like I said, pay somebody, talk anyway. Don't worry about if you're getting on people's nerves because that's certainly better. No one, no one that is your friend no one that's in your life would want to have this world without you. Um, you know, anytime I hear of a, a young person, or, or I don't even have to know the person, anytime I hear about somebody committing suicide, I just think, you know, it, it's just such a, a heartbreaking situation, and you always wish, could I have done something? You know, so don't worry if you're getting on people's nerves. They would rather you tell them the same thing 15 times than be without you. And to the Christian who is listening and is not in depression, because we might have Christians in depression, or maybe you're not a Christian at all, but if you're listening and you are a Christian who is not in depression, Romans 15, 1 through 7 kind of gives us a responsibility. It says, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. So I'm talking to people on two sides of the suicide battle. You're either a friend to someone who is struggling with this or you are the person struggling with this. Sweet friend, if you are the one struggling with suicide, your Christian friends are supposed to listen to you. That's part of our God-given responsibility. When our friends are weak, we are supposed to bear with them. We're not supposed to look out for our own good. So you're really giving us an opportunity to prove exactly what Jesus did. He took this group of 12 guys who were not ready for any kind of ministry and who proved that over and over. Um, He took them and he loved them. And that is what your friends need to do, but also should want to do for you. So do not feel like you're a burden. Find somebody and lean on that person. And then sometime you're going to be the one that they get to lean on. And that is a wonderful privilege that's part of being the family of God. One of the things we have talked about throughout this series is just the importance of talking to someone. Now, I am going to add kind of a counselor viewpoint. Not because I am a counselor. I've gone through a lay ministry training. It is very essential that we communicate with someone else during our journey and for having suicidal thoughts but just because I've also been through a training that does you know deal with those who are at risk and things one of the things I know that they stressed during this training is that we do need to bear the the burdens of our friends but if our friends are telling us that they are thinking about harming themselves they're having you know conversations with them about you know telling us that They may not be here that much longer, or it just doesn't matter anymore, there's no purpose in their life, things like that, and we are concerned that they may hurt themselves, or we are the ones that we're not sure we can be trusted to be alone, that we need to connect with a professional, somebody who is versed in helping people with suicide. Now, I mentioned a hotline, but there, most churches these days do have some free resources They have maybe a counseling center that you can connect with. They have perhaps a pastor. And that perhaps your friend, if it's somebody that's really struggling with suicide, maybe your friend is, 
you know, too embarrassed or ashamed to connect with that pastor. But you as their friend can say, you know what, this has progressed to a point where I'm concerned about you and we need to go and find the help you need. I do want to just say there was a story in the news a few year, uh, a few months ago, I'm sorry, you may have heard of it, Michelle Carter was her name. She was a teenage girl. She had a friend, his name was Conrad Roy, and he was a very depressed individual. He was having thoughts of suicide, and they had a long-distance relationship. They were texting back and forth. She assisted her friend in committing suicide. However, that's not how they're you know that was towards the end of their relationship somewhere in the middle where she learned that he was very depressed she attempted to be encouraging at some point and say hey you should go get help she was the only one who knew that conrad roy was so depressed and that he was having these suicidal thoughts she was the only one he was confiding in and eventually she herself had some unhealthy struggles going on and the burden became too much for her where she began to advise him to just go ahead and commit suicide because it just became too much for her to bear alone that burden and so she did uh ask she did advise him to go ahead and commit suicide she knew up to the very minute that he was in the car they were texting while he was actually poisoning himself and i give you this horrible story to say she was very young and i don't think she really probably knew the you know the weight of her choices but what stands out to me when i hear the story is that she told no one else she had multiple opportunities to speak to his family and say hey your son is having this struggle and she attempted to really bear that burden of his struggle alone so when susie's saying bear one another's burdens if someone is sharing certain thoughts with us susie had some very healthy obviously mature friends that knew what to do but for those of us who maybe we don't know what to do and someone's sharing these things with us we need to go ahead and say hey let's plug you into some help I don't really maybe know what to say but if you are thinking about harming yourself let's get someone involved that can really sh get you the help um, that you need and Carol I want to say as well you make such a great point we you know can only bear one another's burdens to a point and so we definitely do need to involve other people and I also want to say this that I am not going to get into a big theological discussion about what happens to you eternally when you commit suicide. That is something you definitely need to talk to somebody about. Um, let's just say this. We don't want you to commit suicide if you're listening to this. It's, our lives are not our own to take. God has a purpose for you, and that is not just cliche. I so wish that I could you know, come through this uh, microphone that you're listening to and just give you a hug and just say whatever it is, whatever you feel like you can't bear, there is hope for you, and there is a plan for you. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, and it's so relevant still today, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And that's actually in a section that's talking about sexual temptation, but our bodies, our whole body belongs to God. Whatever we do with it, you know, He has a purpose for us. He's not just... Um, He's not just saying, okay, well, I put you here and, you know, just make it the best you can. But he has hope for us. He has a promise for us. And I know, oh, don't I know how many times you might feel so lonely and so desperate that you think this is the only way out. This is my only solution. But I can just tell you, if you will hold on, that God has a better way for you. And I also want to share this story here that um, 
I didn't have planned to share, but it's I've, it's come into my you know radar recently. Um, there is a, I guess, almost an epidemic of people trying to commit suicide off the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. And I just saw an interview um, with a guy, and he said they have interviewed every person who survived jumping. Every single one of them regretted their decision. And so I know you might think that right now this is the only option you have. And circumstances might look that way. You might have overwhelming health concerns or financial issues or feel like you have nobody that loves you or, or be in a desperate situation. But please hear the hope of somebody who wasn't even a Christian. And he said, with my very first thought after jumping off that bridge was, what have I done? And everybody they've interviewed that survived, which is very rare, but everybody they've interviewed, and I think it was maybe 15 people, 40 people, I'm giving a bad statistic, but I'll send Carol the post that she can link here. Every single one of them, their first thought was regret. And so if you can just hold on, if you can just reach out, if you can just talk to somebody, God does have a plan for you. You're not the one that he put here and forgot about. There are good things planned for your life if you will just hold on. And I just want to give you that hope as someone who's come out on the other side. Susie, you're so right about that. Oftentimes we can find ourselves in situations where we feel like we have no other option and that really suicide isn't something we necessarily want to do, but we, we feel like there's no other way to end the pain. There's no other way to get out of the situation, to end whatever torment is in our minds. But God says so many times in his word that he is there for those of us who need rescue. And that, again, as I mentioned in a previous post, that he is the God who saves. And that isn't just in the terms of our salvation, but in terms of meeting us in our daily needs and meeting us when we're desperate and we don't know what to do and we have nowhere to turn. So the people listening, I do want you to know that there are options. Depression is treatable. And there have been so many times just personally in my own life where I just felt so down and so discouraged. And then God was able to change my perspective of the situation and offer me hope where I didn't think that there was hope. Um, negative thoughts about ourselves can often lead us to want to end our pain, to get back at someone, to exercise control. We feel that we've lost it. But we can replace those thoughts with truth. We can know what God feels about us. If it's a relationship that we've lost, that we feel like we can't live after that relationship's over, and we may be saying in our head, I can't live without this person, or I can't go on, I can never be happy unless I'm with this person. We can replace those thoughts with the truth that I can trust God to bring me the right mate and heal my broken heart. If God wants this person and me together, he's going to work it out. Or maybe we failed in a big way. And there's going to be repercussions. We've lost our job. We may be saying, I can never do anything right. I'm a stupid. I'm a failure. And instead, we can replace that with God's purposes will stand in our life no matter our failures. He works all things for the good of those who love him. I may have messed up big here, but God forgives me, and I can do better next time. Or maybe it's just a continual self-hatred that has pervaded our whole life that we don't even know when it started. But we hate ourselves, our appearance. We've experienced rejection. We feel like, there's no reason we're on this planet. And God wants to tell us different. He wants us to know that he formed us. He wanted us to look just the way we look. He delights in us. 
We have worth because God made us and not because anybody tells us we have worth or not because of any achievement that we've made. We are accepted because God says we are accepted, not because someone else does. And I'm talking about those of us who as accepted or have, have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and we're accepted as sons and daughters. I just want to turn to Susie to conclude. Again, at the beginning of the podcast, I mentioned that if you are listening and you clicked on this because you saw the word suicide and right now you just are feeling so alone and you're feeling that you are having feelings of harm or you know someone in your life. It's not you, but you have someone in your life who has been telling you things that they're that lead you to believe that they may be considering suicide. I do want to just give you that number once again. It's a national suicide hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Take it seriously. Um, emergency room is also, um, they are equipped to deal with this kind of thing if you are harming yourself or thinking about harming yourself. Um, reach out to someone. It is worth it, and you are worth it. Susie, I just want you to go ahead and conclude for us and end in prayer. So, Carol, in true Susie form, I'm going to do something totally spontaneous, but I really feel like music can be one of the most healing forces on the earth. And so I want to read a scripture, but then I want to sing a song over you who are listening. It's a really old song, and you probably know it, but I just, I can feel the presence of the Lord even as we're recording this, and I just feel Him saying to you that there is hope for you. In Psalm 40, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. And so I just want to sing this song over you that has just brought so much peace at different times. Um, And I've sung it over people where I just didn't have a word to say. So it just says, and it's peace, peace wonderful peace coming down from the father above sweep over my spirit forever i pray in fathomless billows of love And if you don't know that song, if you'll just look it up, there are people who I'm sure sing it way better than me. But I just want you to know that there's peace in Jesus, there's healing in Jesus, and he is here for you right now. He hasn't forgotten about you. Oh, Jesus, we come into your presence right now, and we just thank you, God, that because this person is listening, there is hope. We're not, their story's not finished yet. I just pray that in your powerful, wonderful name, that for some reason you will reach out through the airwaves and connect to this person and let them know that someone on the other side of this microphone cares, that Susie and Carol care, that you care, that you have a plan. I just pray for wonderful peace to invade their lives, Lord Jesus. If they're at that moment of just absolute desperation, the moment when they think, I cannot do this one more minute, I have been there. I just pray, God, you would let them know they can do it and they can do it again tomorrow and they can do it again the next day. And that things are not always going to be like they are this minute, God, but they can hold on to the unchanging hand of a Jesus who knew everything about them before he chose to love them. God, I know, Lord Jesus, that, you know, there's that old song, when you were on the cross, that we were on your mind. I know that's true, God, that this person who's listening right now, you died for them and not only died for them, but you rose again to give them life and life more abundantly. 
I pray in the name of Jesus for the power and the curse of death wishes and suicide to be broken in the name of Jesus. In your mighty name, we trust you, we believe you, and we know that you're going to do the healing that only you can do. And friend, if you're listening to this right now and this has been an encouragement to you, or if you need encouragement, I pray that you'd use the number that Carol gave you or that you would reach out on this on this blog or you would, you know, um, go find a friend that can help you. But please reach out and please let us know how your life has been changed and impacted because we want to hear a story of hope. That's what makes us all feel like we can keep on enduring. We love you, friend, and thank you so much for listening. 